Welcome back to The Gathering Podcast. I'm Travis. And I'm Will. And on today's episode, we're covering a series uh, we put together uh, called Why Men Hate Going to Church. We got put onto this topic by listening to podcasts from The Art of Manliness, which is authored by Brett McKay. It's uh, podcast 253, Why Men Hate Going to Church, where he interviewed the author of a book called Why Men Hate Going to Church, David Murrow. Yeah, and so David uh, wrote this book, um, not just based off his own experiences, but also, you know, talking with a lot of other men who don't go to church and um, some of those reasons why. And I think overall, it does discuss um, kind of the feminization of church, which uh, is, I think, more than evident if you look at at church today. And uh, but more specifically, chapter ten discusses the twelve things men fear about church. And so we're going to cover those twelve things starting today. And so, Will, I just want to say, we've made it. We, we've arrived. Finally. <laughs> it feels like it's been forever. Well, you know, we, we, we did prolong a couple of uh, episodes there as far as uh, not maybe quite getting them in within 12 weeks. <laughs> no one noticed, though. I don't think so. Guaranteed. <clears throat> but uh, Only because we don't have enough listeners. Right. Well, that's probably part, part of it, but... But here we are. Here we are at fear number 12, chapter 10 of why men hate going to church. And the fear is I'm afraid of heaven. And I don't know if this is so much a fear like, um, you know, like uh, your fear of a dog bite or something like that, so much as just... Uh, Almost like you're in uncertainty, you know what I mean? Like a, uh, an angst, if you will. Yeah, it seems like it's less of a fear of heaven. Uh, you know, it's not a fear of that I'm going to heaven versus hell. Sure, sure. <laughs> but more of, I don't know what heaven's going to be like, and I don't like going into things I don't know about. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah the uncertainty of it all. Yeah. And uh, of course, Scripture does have a lot to say, but... It's pretty silent when it comes to the things that maybe we would like to know about heaven. Yeah, totally. What it's really going to be like. Yeah, you know? exactly. And and I think so many so many times people kind of, I don't know, they kind of put their own um, unguided <laughs> uh, ideas of what heaven's going to be like. Um, and I think that we're all going to face kind of a... Uh, a rude awakening, maybe not so rude, sure. but, but definitely, um, I, I plan on being rather surprised on <laughs> what, what, uh, heaven is compared to my expectations. Um, yeah, I mean, so I guess before we read this little excerpt from the book, what or where do we even learn about heaven or what heaven is? I could probably count on my my hands how many sermons about heaven I've sat under in the last 20 years of going to church. Sure. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't happen very often. No, I mean, you might be reading a passage or going through a book and there's mentions of heaven. 
but I don't, at least the churches I've been a part of, I don't remember any sermons about like diving deep into what scripture has to say about heaven. Sure. I think a lot of our understanding of what heaven is going to be like is not coming from the Christian arena, but more from, you know, our culture and mainstream media, you know, or Hollywood, you know, like the, the movies and, you know, you see things about angels and demons and, you know, it, of course there's songs about, <laughs> or you see, uh, babies playing harps. Like, where did that even come from? <laughs> Paintings from, you know, a long time ago. Like, right. That is not what heaven is. Right. That's not, we're not going to go to heaven and become babies playing harps or just spend our entire existence singing, you know? Well, and I think one of the, one of the reasons that it's so hard for us to really get a grip on is, um, is because our, uh, and I'm trying to figure out why I'm hearing this, uh, Ding. <laughs> this dinging on my computer. I thought I had the sound off, but um, anyway, I, I think one of the the biggest barriers is just the um, the the inability for us to understand what a world like heaven would be like, where there is no pain. Yeah. Um. Maybe maybe our bodies are not even exactly what we think of them to be today um and and no real sense of time either you know can you imagine trying to think of time without thinking of, thinking of it in a linear sense you know yeah, what sure, I mean? so you're Where, outside time right so there is no past there is no present there's just the now and and, and that's kind of i mean it's hard for us to understand i uh, imagine uh, imagine taking like a a flat painting and trying, you know, and, and if there was characters living in this flat two-dimensional painting and you tried to explain to them a sphere, and even if you could pass the sphere through the painting, it wouldn't exactly look like, it would look like a growing line to them, you sure. know what I mean? And then it would get smaller again, you know, and it would look like it was moving. It, it wouldn't exactly represent truly what, what a sphere is. And I think similarly with this, you know, we live in a three-dimensional world where we have um, a linear sense of time, and um, it's it's just going to be, regardless of how much knowledge you have of it, it's going to be almost impossible to break it down into um, an understanding that's that's easy to portray for everyone to absorb properly. You know what I mean? Right. So I guess let's read this excerpt from the book here. It'll be the last time we're reading from this book, <laughs> guys and gals. We, we may quote it from time to time. It's a good book. Honestly, you know, I I think I've said it probably a dozen Every times. Time. But um, <laughs> if, if, if you attend church and you have a desire to grow your church, which we should have that desire. You know what I mean? I mean, we, we should be looking, how can we grow the community of faith, right? And that's all a church is. Um, you really should read this book because it just has some really great perspectives, no holds bar, um, say it like it really is type yeah. of a thing um, for for really how how men think. And, it, and you know, I've, I've mentioned before, when, when you've got a, 
an angry barking dog, you know, um, how do you, how do you react to that? Do you treat the dog like, um, like it, like it should be like, okay, well a dog shouldn't be barking or whatever. So that's the behavior I'm going to expect. And that's how I'm going to teach this dog as if it's not a barking dog. No, you treat the barking dog like a barking dog, right? You know, and it's kind of the same thing with men. Like, I'm sorry, I realize that some of these perspectives are very wrong and we men shouldn't have these thoughts or feelings or excuses, but the fact is they're there. Mm -hmm. And so how are you going to um, lead conversations? How are you going to structure things to kind of, to kind of get around those issues um, and really bring people in so that they can become good, strong Christian leaders. You know what I mean? Like you have to, you have to start somewhere and you can't just, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> There's got to be candid talk. And, yeah. Yeah. And this totally. book does not shy away from that. No, as absolutely we'll see not. in a, a moment here. <laughs> so, so fear 12, uh, I'm afraid of heaven. Did, did you want to take first lead on this? Uh, no, we'll, we'll just go back and forth. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's end this chapter on a lighter note. Popular notions of heaven strike fear in men's hearts. What man wants to spend eternity wearing a white robe, floating on clouds, plucking a harp? Men fear heaven because it sounds so dull. No challenge, no uncertainty, no fun. In heaven, there's nothing to do. Excuse me? There's one thing to do? Sing. As a youngster, John Ortberg... I was, was going to break out into song there for a second. <laughs> Hallelujah! As a youngster, John Ortberg sang in a youth choir under the direction of Mrs. Olson. He said, when she became frustrated with the boys, she'd clap her hands and say, you children better start singing, because when we get to heaven, that's what you'll be doing. For an 11-year-old boy, the thought of 10 billion years under the enthusiastic direction of Mrs. Olson was not the idea of eternal bliss. In eternity singing in the choir. Contrast this with the Mormon heaven, where faithful men spend the afterlife making celestial babies. Or consider Muslim heaven, where martyrs enjoy the everlasting ministrations of 72 virgins. Guys, which sounds better to you, eternal singing or eternal sex? That's an easy question. <laughs> uh, is it any wonder why Mormonism and Islam are growing so rapidly and are so popular with males? So I read this first part here, and you know, I said, what man wants to spend eternity wearing a white robe and floating on clouds and plucking a harp? Where, I mean, in Scripture there's mention of singing in you see singing in heaven and you get glimpses into heaven and you know maybe some some visions of what heaven could look like and stuff but where do we get this idea of that's all there is sure like like we like we end it there like oh this is what heaven is instead of we instead of understanding who god is and god is the same yesterday today and forever and that same god is going to be in heaven with us and yet, for some reason, he's not a part of what we think when we think of heaven. We don't think about God being there and, and all the things that he's created perfectly for us to do. For example, 
the Garden of Eden. So that so that was possibly the closest glimpse to heaven that any man has experienced. Sure. Until Adam and Eve brought sin into that realm, into the world, and because of that, we have all these you know sin and thorns and mosquitoes. Sure. Like I said. Yeah. And uh, so when we think about you know, there, there's going to be work. I mean, we talked about this in, in an earlier podcast that, right. you know, it wasn't until after, you know, God, or God created, told them to work the fields and stuff. That was before sin ever entered. So right. the act of work and working is not a result of sin. I think there's good. I mean, we're going to work in heaven as well. It's true. Sure. It, we're just not going to labor as much. So when we plant something, it's going to grow maybe. You know, <laughs> right? We won't really have to hoe the garden maybe yeah, right, too much or something. Exactly. I don't. I'm not sure, but you know, I, I recently had a uh, <clears throat> um, conversation with my father-in-law who was going through some books about, um, you know, the the creation and um, some of the things that we really miss when we read Genesis. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that he was mentioning is that it's. Uh, and, and, and again, this is a perspective. This is not a, a fact. Um, but he mentioned the possibility that now when I think of, you know, when did Adam and Eve sin in the garden, I'm thinking of it in my perspective that most likely they sinned immediately because even when I get How down, last <laughs> I know, right? Like there's no way I could go a day. Sure. Um, but you know, he, he mentioned that, um, this, this, theory that he's reading through on how heaven, um, you know, or how Adam and Eve could have very easily spent hundreds of years in the garden before the fall and therefore could have had, you know, multiple children before the fall. They don't talk of them, but they only talk about Cain and Abel after the fall, right? And so there's, there's this, there's this theory on that and I don't want to get into that, but, um, the, the idea, you know, I, I kind of went to the, the pain of birth, you know, um, and maybe, you know, you, you don't really see too many animals, um, experiencing pain during childbirth, you know? Or at least it doesn't. It doesn't appear like they're they're not screaming out. You know, pig, pigs will drop piglets without squealing. You know, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, so so I'm curious if there will be, like you said, there'll be work. There will be um, maybe there will be uh, childbearing or or whatever, and it just won't include the pain that is there as a result of sin. Now, I don't know this for a fact. It's a question I have. I am 100% not an expert. Well, I'm going to say that there will not be any child bearing in heaven for the simple fact that there will not be any marriage in heaven. And God created man and woman to have sex within marriage. I don't know how else you're going to have a kid. Yeah, and again, but, but, and again, so, so. and again, this is this is the theory. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this yeah. is the okay. theory that was talked about, and 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 I don't even know where it, uh, you know, where it gains its origin or yeah. or how biblical it is. Again, when it comes <laughs> to heaven, I am, I am shockingly ill-educated 
Well, that makes one of us. <laughs> well, <laughs> to, to, to help that deficit that I have, um, I did look up an interesting video. Um, I'm a big fan of, and you mentioned it yourself, you're a big fan of the Bible Project on YouTube. I am. Um, awesome, awesome platform. Um, they, they have a, a various different videos for um, different stories, different subjects, different, um, you know, theories going on in and throughout scripture. And they try to tie everything together as like looking at the Bible in one, um, one giant big picture, as opposed to picking out little things here and there. And they have a video called heaven and earth. It's about just under seven minutes long. And it discusses, um, just kind of a perspective of what heaven's going to be like that is far beyond my expectations. It, it really, and I, and I found several other videos that support this whole idea of how um, heaven and earth will be reunited. And, and, and of course we read about that, you know, yeah, in Revelation. Um, in, there'll, there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and God will, uh, you know, when Christ returns, he's going to set up his kingdom here on earth. And I mean, is that going to be part of heaven? And are we going to have those cities? And are we going to work? And what exactly is well, that going to look a, like? There will at least mean, be a new Jerusalem. For sure, yeah. And But but exactly what does that look like? I don't have and a you're clue. You're going to build the, <laughs> the golden... <laughs> maybe, maybe, I'll be a, maybe I'll be a road worker and... Uh, um, you know, uh, there to, certainly I'll won't be a need for my job anymore sign. as a police officer. Sure, it's not going to be any more <laughs> evil and sin. Sure, uh, I guess I. So, guys, if if you tune into this podcast because you saw heaven listed in the description, you thought finally a podcast on heaven. It's going to answer all the questions I've ever had. This is not that podcast. <laughs> We're sorry to tell you that 18 minutes in, but and, this is right, not yeah. that podcast. Welcome, finally. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is not that podcast. And we were not, we discussed this earlier, and we were not going to try to make this that podcast. Right. We could have went and done a lot of research and given you a lot of Bible verses. But the reason for this is the fear of heaven. And so... And I had that fear. I mean, honestly, sure. when I was, when I I still was a, do. Young, a young teenager... I, I had that fear, like that sounds like it sucks, you know. Like right. I don't want to, do, I don't want to do that because I had the same perspective that okay, we're just gonna sing praises all day long. Which again, I, I see, I love singing. Though. I love singing. Okay. Yeah, but but <laughs> I, I mean, I, as a teenage boy, I definitely yeah. had that perspective. Like, well, that doesn't sound any fun to me, sure. you know. Fortunately, I didn't convert to. Muslim or anything like that, but uh, but for crying out loud, yeah, I definitely had that fear. So I can totally relate if that's you. Um, but we just want to put a little bit better perspective for you, right? So if you are looking for an a comprehensive guide to heaven, um, the one that I've always been told of, and pretty sure I have the book sitting on my bookshelf, but I haven't touched it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, shame I've on me. every book that I own. But I don't know what you're talking about. It's called Heaven by Randy Alcorn. And if you've ever 
if you Google heaven or, you know, guides for heaven or what is heaven like, blah, blah, his book's going to show up. And, you know, it's a very comprehensive book on everything that the Bible says about heaven. So, I mean, if you, if you seriously sat down and read through every verse of the Bible that talks about heaven, which I haven't done. No. So I'm speculating here. You're going to get a lot better glimpse of what heaven is than what you have now, first of all. Sure. And second of all, you're going to realize that, wow, Scripture doesn't say as much as I thought it did about heaven. (laughs) And where did I get these ideas of what heaven is like? Exactly. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. You know, and, and I think the fear of heaven that I've had that you guys may be having is not the fear of going to heaven versus hell because you're going one place or the other. Do you want to be, you know, separated and forever tormented or do you want to be in the presence of God? You know, as a Christian, I'm hoping you're saying in the presence of God. And so it's not the fear of going to heaven because, of course, we want to be in the presence of God. When we're in the, when we feel like we're in the presence of God down here on earth, wow, there's joy and there's this peace that comes over you that, man, nothing else matters. This stuff is so trivial in comparison to what eternity with God's going to be like. But then those thoughts come up and you start thinking, well, I really like this on earth. Is this going to be up there? Well, I really like being in control of this. Is Am I going to be able to do that up there? And then so then it's the uncertainty that starts to scare you and you're afraid of, well, maybe I'd rather stay here on earth. <laughs> and Yeah. And, I mean, you know, and because, because we don't know what it's going to be like. We don't. And it's that fear of the unknown. And it's, you know, we're in that comfortable space. And, you know, I, I look at it too, kind of like, uh, you know, as a, as a foster parent, I found it almost insulting that, you know, here we took a child that was in a terrible environment and we brought him into our home, which, you know, it's not lavish by any means, but it's leagues above where they came. We gave them much better food regular on a regular basis. And, um, we basically offered them a better life. And then even six plus months in, they still were looking forward to going home with their, with their parent. And it was almost insulting to me. Like, how could I give you so much better? And yet you would rather turn around and go back to, um, what you've, what you've come from, but that's totally what we are. I mean, we're sitting here saying that we're so in love with this world. Oh, you know, I, I want to go to heaven, but I, I want to wait until, you know, at least let me see my grandchildren, you know, or at, at least let me see my kids graduate or, yeah, you know, get married or at least let me retire and enjoy some time down here before <laughs> I, you know, whatever. Right, so we have all be, these ambitions. Like, yeah, I'd rather get this done. No, Lord, don't come today. Don't come tomorrow. Let my kids grow up. Let me do this. Let me retire. Let me sure. die natural. Death. And here's God sitting up here like, are you kidding me? I mean, I have something so much better for you, and yet you're just so engrossed into the sinful world that you're you're not you're not even wanting it. Um, 
So yeah. I can see from that perspective as well. There's a quote by C.S. Lewis uh, in his book, The Weight of Glory, that um, I guess can, I believe he was talking about heaven, but if not, it can be taken to, to show this comparison that we have. And the quote goes like this. It goes, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. So, I mean, I, I like it. I like it. He sums it up perfectly that we are so attached to this world and the things of this world that we cannot comprehend the joy and peace. And it's going to far surpass all the uncertainty we've ever had because it's not about what heaven is, but who is in heaven. That's it for this episode of The Gathering Podcast. We appreciate your support. If you found value in today's episode, please hit that like button, share, and subscribe. We'd also appreciate a good review. But more importantly, if you're in the Gladwin, Michigan area, please join us for The Gathering Breakfast, held the second Saturday of each month at the 963 building on North M18, where we'll have plenty of bacon, and we'll touch on this episode briefly with some more outlook from men like yourself.